When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Was that the best wrestling pay-per-view of 2020 so far? That's right. All 492 months of 2020, AEW might have just beaten all the other pay-per-views with full gear from Saturday night. Because, oh my word, a top-to-bottom stacked card, first off. And... A show with so many high expectations on three particular matches, and somehow, for my money, AEW surpassed every single one of those expectations we had for them. I'm Mr. Davis. I'm joined by lukewarm Luke Owen. This Ooh, review... So- sorry, sorry. Who Who is this? Who Who are you joined by? That's absolutely right. The Jam That Champion. You're new. Your new Jam That Champion is here on this stream. And because I'm a man who brings prestige to this title, it will be on my shoulder as long as we're on stream. This championship will be on my shoulder, carrying, carrying Wrestle Talk, carrying this championship for my favorite people in the whole wide world not including you the swap nation give me a yes please in the chat no let's no get thank rowdy, you don't folks. get rowdy let's, no let's thank get... you get him rowdy in the chat folks i am your jam that champion you may now carry on well while that jambroni over there yeah i used it in a negative way you son of a bitch is, is saying i'm the champion what about mr davis I give you free beer. Remember, mm, Mr. Good. Davis equals free beer. This podcast is sponsored by Beer 52. Go to beer52.com forward slash wrestle talk. And you, UK viewers only, will get a free case of craft beer containing eight delicious brewskis. I will be sampling the particular one after our main discussion point, which is my word for the pay per view. Uh, we'll, we'll open with what. I think was match of the night. I think most people think was match of the night. I'm going to say it wasn't match of the year, though, because my money still goes to Kenny Omega and Hangman Page versus the Young Bucks. But yeah, the Young Bucks 
are a pretty good tag team and they're capable of having two of the best matches of the year uh, because yeah the young bucks versus ftr what a match oh dude what uh it's it was a match that the build for it had kind of fallen off the rails a touch. Like it started off really well when FTR first came into AEW before All Out. There was a lot of excitement, a lot of buzz. And we were like, oh, we're going to get FTR Young Bucks. Man, cannot wait for this match. There's absolutely no way that they can drop the ball on this. But lo and behold, they actually managed to drop the ball on this because the Young Bucks got their championship match, not through being the number one ranked tag team, but through a tombola that picked out four teams at random. And then it was a match that they won. They'd turned heel and were super kicking Shivani and Marvez. And then they were babyface because they got pilmanized. And it just sort of like was a bit, you know, hit and miss. And we clickbaited the hell out of our last episode because FTR told us themselves that they weren't happy with the build either, which is total clickbait on our parts um, for their own words. And I, it actually left me in a position where going into the match, my expectations had been somewhat lowered, I genius. guess, in a way. What a genius but move by them. I, In a way, yeah, because then the <laughs> match was incredible. And crucially, much like the Hangman Page-Kenny Omega match that opened up, that opened this show, Davis. Absolutely, it opened. It was the first match on the card. It actually made me want to see more matches. I wanted mm. to see a rematch between these two. This match was insanely good. Well, we said it all the way through the build. Every time we said, that, oh, this build isn't very good. There's loads of just that they're overthinking things. Every time we said it, we did qualify it with, but they're going to have an amazing match. And it's exactly what they did. They are two of the best tag teams in the world. You know, arguably the best tag teams in the world. Interestingly, mm -hmm. the Young Bucks in the post-full gear media call said FTR were the best tag team they'd ever worked with, including like those Franken teams that have been thrown together, Omega and Paige earlier in the year, Omega and Kota Ibushi, the golden lovers who they worked with in New Japan. They said FTR were better than all of them. And I guess like, you know, they're, they're cut from the same cloth, very different wrestling ideologies. FTR are, are 80s, ground and pound, fists, mm -hmm. whereas the Bucks oh. are flips, 90s, super kick parties. But... The one thing they have in common is this belief that tag team wrestling is an art form on par with singles wrestling. And that respect, you know, and, and you know, you can say Kota Ibushi, Omega, Page, those combinations, they're excellent tag teams. But when that they, they, they always have singles wrestling in the back of their minds, that was a holiday for them. This is where FTR live. Mm -hmm. And it was it was a joy. It was it and was a privilege. And the Bucks, yeah, that's yeah, shared a shared place of living, and that's what they wanted to do. And they, we were talked about this on the live stream. You brilliantly pointed out in your review as well. It, this wasn't just a match of the two best teams in the best two tag teams in the world going at it for the very first time. It was a match of ideologies. It is that FTR. 80s southern wrestling style that they love that's the style of wrestling that they love it's holding the tag rope it's isolating a partner it's doing this that, and the other it's versus, tully blanchard <laughs> exactly versus the young bucks who were fans of late 90s early 2000s wrestling their style is the hardy boys and the dudley boys etc etc so they were doing spots in this they did it. they hit a 3d they did the young the hardy boys swanton twist of fate combination 
And it all built beautifully to the finale to this match. It was all done on purpose. And actually, like even down to the fact that they were wearing uh, LA Lakers and Celtic uh, bottlenecks or something, whatever Greens. they were called. Yeah. The Brewskies. Yeah, the, the Brewski team, uh, the, the the green ones. I think they're the, just um, Celtic, aren't they? Is it? Is that what it is? Okay, yeah. The Boston, the Boston lads. Um, the apparently I was I was told that they are they're seen as like the working class heroes team, while the Lakers are seen as the more flashy. They're just doing things for the flash and the pizzazz style of things. There's so many layers to this, all to build to that moment when Cash Wheeler had the match won, but. He wanted to beat the Bucks at their own game. So this fridge of a man did a springboard 450 splash and it cost him the match because Matt Jackson pops up, hits the superkick, gets the pin. What a finish to them. A genius finish. And a simple, a simple story. Like they yeah. that this whole match was built around that simple story as the main narrative through line. You also had just some fantastic extra elements like Matt Jackson's leg being brutally injured in the build and throughout this match. FTR targeted the leg all the way through. And it was with that injured leg he had to su- that FTR had removed the boot from, removed the sock from, which was yeah. just disgusting. Andy, Andy Datsun was writhing in awkwardness, having to see a human foot yeah. in a ring like that. I mean, it is hard to watch wrestling and masturbate at the same time. <laughs> and I hate it so much. <laughs> and it was with that leg that Matt Jackson won with that final super kick. But yeah, it was just... It's... For, for that to happen anyway, which is such a neat story. And it seems like, you know, on, on a micro level, it works really well. It's just this guy versus this guy. They use their style. But on a larger thing, it's like this whole clash of ideologists, so much bigger than this simple uh, move exchange would have you believe. But what I, I, I'm such a big fan of when teams or wrestlers lose because of a strategic mistake. It was an error they made on the day. It's not saying, yeah, the Bucks are better than FTR. They will always be FTR because they're just stronger or quicker, etc. No, there was daylight between them. And mm-hmm. FTR only lost because they screwed up in one small but significant moment. So yeah. that leaves so much intrigue for the rematch. And as uh, Louis pointed out to us, I've actually not gone back to watch the match, so I missed this at the time. But apparently, Matt Jackson was not holding the tag rope when he made the tag to Nick Jackson. Oh. And I I don't know, dude. I, I, there's always a chance that that was just a mistake on, on their part and they just didn't do it. But I really hope that that was done on purpose. And that is because FTR can come out. Because one of FTR's big things is that tag teams have to hold the tag ropes. And if they can use that as one of their outs, they didn't make the error. It wasn't an error that they, that made them lose. The Bucks cheated to get yeah. that victory. Oh, there's a lot there, man. There's there's so much there, and I guess we'll find out about that on Dynamite. There's no way that that's going to be something they reveal in a few weeks' time. Tully, FTR, they're going to come out first thing, hopefully on Wednesday, and just be like. Ah, the show can't get started. This was an illegal title change. And you play up that for the rematch whenever that will be. But like in terms of 
we have just we've just spoken about like the main threads we haven't even covered and, and won't really have time to cover because there's a whole rest of the pay-per-view to talk about the diy shout outs oh god yes of course <laughs> <laughs> So FTR's arguably most famous opponent up until now, their dear, uh, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa in NXT, they did at one point, I think it was Matt Jackson on his knees in the middle, Dax and Cash are on opposite sides of the ring and they both see each other at the same time and they think, let's let's pull this out the bag. Yeah. And it's like, they're so desperate, so like trying so hard to win. They've got to go back to one of their most mortal enemies. Yeah. To use their and, techniques to win. Which, you know, like Cash and, and Dax were talking about when Louis interviewed them. Um, Louis from Wrestle 2 and WrestleTalk Interviews was talking about these. Cash was saying that we haven't had these levels, levels of butterflies for a tag match since those days of DIY of like want like so excited to go out there and have this match. So for them to actually make that reference to DIY, that was just and doing the hand pose and everything, you could hear. When they were in the opposite corners, the crowd picked up on what they were doing first. It'd be like, <gasps> and like you, like me, you and Laurie did it when we were watching the stream, going like, <gasps> and then they did the big hand moment. Oh, it was such a cool, cool moment. Loved it. Uh, Andy is in the chat, it looks like. <laughs> and he has said, from WrestleTalk's official account, no less, everyone has feet. I just don't want to see your gremlin fungal toes with that weird curl, curled little toe. <laughs> Everyone has feet. Man of the people, Andy Datsun. <laughs> Typing with one hand, Andy Datsun. Um, but yeah, there was also a dual sharpshooter spot, just like those DIY matches where the Revival were both in sharpshooters and they were reaching for each other's hands to stop, like, the, so Cash could drag Dax to the ring ropes uh, when Matt and Nick Jackson had them on. But, you know, just layers upon layers, Matt Jackson collapsed eventually because of his injured leg. He couldn't keep it locked in. And even adding on to that, Cash, who was on the outside with Nick Jackson applying the hole, was tapping out. Mm. So he was actually submitting. But Matt Jackson, because of the worked over leg, couldn't properly apply it to Dax. And in the end, as you say, he just collapsed out of it. So the tactic that the Bucks had was right. It was a great tag team tactic. But because of the FTRs in-ring work, they couldn't do it. So much to this. And it was just what a year we've had for, for tag team wrestling in AEW. They have got the best tag team division in the entire yeah. world. And you look back at that revolution tag match. I actually rewatched quite recently your reactions uh, when you and Andy did the live stream for it, your reaction to the kick out at one. Uh, <laughs> Loved it. Your reaction to the tease of the hangman uh, buckshot right at the end. Mm -hmm. But like I'm, I'm torn, man. I don't know which match I preferred. I don't know which of the two I like the best. It's damn close. It's damn close. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, for me, it's Page Omega. It's not actually like a question in my head. I definitely preferred Omega Page. Uh, mm -hmm. Sorry, uh, versus the Bucks, not the opener. On this show, I thought it was um, the the tag match that was matched tonight. But in terms yeah, of yeah. the overall show, like Revolution was a fantastic event, and all of AEW's shows have been brilliant. But I think top to bottom, quality wise, this was this was the best pay per view they've ever, ever put on, and. It's also the best pay-per-view of the year. I feel like AEW are now in that groove. All Out was a great show, but it, it was marred by that Matt Hardy injury. So that's kind of an aberration. Let's ignore that. But they're in that that 
sort of routine that NXT was in a couple of years ago where every takeover was better than the last. And you're like, well, that's, they've peaked now, right? And then the next yeah. time they'll come out and smash it even harder. Yeah, I um, I, I, I don't know where I, I sit on whether I think that uh, Full Gear was better than All Out because I, or better than um, Revolution rather. I think it was certainly better than All Out because I think back to that tag match, Moxley Jericho, the Pack uh, Orange Cassidy match. But yeah, I think there is opening up with Omega Page having this Bucks FCI match, the Kingston Moxley I Quit match, the really surprisingly fun encounter between Orange Cassidy and John Silver that, that actually mastered Darby Allen, Cody Rhodes. There is really the only down point of this match, I would argue, is that Matt Hardy Ultimate Deletion match. And the only reason the thing is that is because I think it went on for probably five, ten minutes too long. Yeah, that was half the length. You know, it was funny, had its cameos. Mm -hmm. I thought it actually had quite a nice serious ending as well. Just went on too long. That's the only criticism. Mm -hmm. Very minor quibbles overall. Um, but yeah, if you haven't seen it and you're like, ah, maybe I don't get the appeal of the appeal of the revival or FTR <sighs> or AEW, please go and watch this match because it, it it's it's phenomenal. I was just looking back over my notes. I've got over a page and a half of notes oh. for this match alone, and it's like you can. I can see the point where I thought, well, this is wrapping up now. And it's only halfway through those notes. And then they do. And it never felt like it went too long. Like it never felt like, oh, they sh that should have been the finish or that should have been the finish. Just oh, cannot say enough good things about it. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Do you like quizzes? Do you like wrestling? Do you like watching self-professed experts in their fields being exposed as dangerous frauds? Then you'll love Quizzle Mania, brought to you by Parts Unknown, the team behind acclaimed wrestling RPG No Rolls Barred. Join us every week as four wrestling pundits pit their knowledge against each other in a cerebral wrangle for prizes, glory, and a bit of good old-fashioned escapism. Enjoy the videos live every Wednesday on Parts Unknown's YouTube channel, or subscribe right now to have them beam straight to your mobile device. Quizzlemania, it's the showcase of the Immorons. Well, let's go through some of Buy my your... t-shirt. <laughs> let's go through some of your uh super chats have you got the document i I can do it if you'd like (laughs) (laughs) bacon bacon ration i always had it (laughs) hiya lads great pay-per-view all the matches had thing different that's what i loved about it no match was the same cough cough wwe hashtag jam jam uh, I'll just read that again because Ollie Davis's internet crashed out slightly there, but it was um great pay-per-view for me and all the matches had something different. That's what I loved about it. No match was the same. Cough, cough, WWE, jam that championship. Thank you very much, Bacon Rasher. Yeah, I and mean, we said this like when we, you know, opening the show with Paige and Omega and then you go into that comedy match and then you can go into the serious stuff with Cody and Darby again. There was just like everything about each match had its own unique mm. flavor and i love that about it and i love that about aew uh gerard mullins was full gear the best pay-per-view of all time not just 2020 i don't know if i would say it's the best pay-per-view of all time just because i i think if you were going to say something is the best but you can't have sort of like minor quibbles about a show if it's going to be like the best show you have ever seen so I don't know. But then again, I don't know what I would say is the best show, uh, the best pay-per-view of all time is, apart from WrestleMania X7, of course. Kevin, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Full Gear, the one night of the year when Renee Young gets to see her husband wrestle crazy death matches. Oh, I don't think I don't think Renee had a good time uh, watching this show. <laughs> I think she's playing it up for the crowd. It's a gimmick. <laughs> it's a work. Um, she she also tweeted. Uh, yesterday, she got her mum to watch it. Oh, really? And of course, her mum didn't like it either. <laughs> Those are not the actions of someone who genuinely doesn't like John's matches. She's like, oh, this is terrible. This is making me really scared. Mum, come round and repeat watch this with me. Uh, Matthew Makovsky. One out, uh, so one of two. Okay, so it's two parts. Uh, what a show this was. Can't watch if my question is, with being could have put this in one. <laughs> uh, my question is, with being done with this pay per view, I wonder where you guys see things going from here. Darby's next challenger, or Moxley have a new challenger? Yes, that's uh, Matthew uh, just saying that he can't decide what the match of the night is, just in case you didn't catch Charlie Davis's internet just breaking up slightly there. It's okay, bud. It's all right. These things happen, man. Let me um, massage the tables. 
<laughs> uh, and saying what we see next for Derby. Like uh, for Derby, certainly it's going against Team Taz. Uh, I think him tagging with Cody and going up against Starks and going up against uh, Brian Cage. Brian Cage and Starks had that moment where they were tussling over the belt themselves. You've also got Will Hobbs in that mix too. And Moxley, uh, you know, apart from Lance Archer, is going into a feud with Kenny Omega now because Kenny Omega won the uh, the number one contendership tournament. So really, really exciting stuff there. And you've got to imagine for Kingston, is it's uh, it's the bastard pack. Uh, Nate S. I'll say it again. Full Gear was the best live wrestling show I've ever been to. He was our man on the ground there. Is my internet better now? It's much better now, yeah. I closed the things I watched. Just, and just, just as you said that, it crapped out again. Ah, uh, <laughs> Don't know if it came across, but really felt like it was a great crowd. I'm still horse. Amazing all around show. Yeah, the crowd actually, like we we were saying on the live stream, it's so mm. nice to hear this, like the organic crowd reaction again, because I think they, they not packed out the place. Obviously it was, you know, safe and everyone was social distancing, but you could feel the crowd atmosphere, which I, you know, I've really missed from AEW shows because AEW does have that rabid crowd uh, there for the show. So I really, really enjoyed that. I was actually curious if, um, you know, I, but I think Nate also said in the chat as well that he didn't mind the elite deletion match and it didn't actually quell the crowd themselves who were still then hot for the um, Jericho MJF match. Because I actually felt that, that those two matches sort of like killed the crowd down a little bit before that main event of Moxley Kingston. I agree. Uh, well, let's get actually before we get on with the full play by play review of the card, we made a little challenge at the end of Full Gear. Of course, Laurie was El Special Guestador uh, to decide a proper winner would be held. And I, I think I got screwed still. How in the, the, but you picked the wrong orange? If you'd have, and it's an orange that you changed your mind on as well. If you would have stuck with your initial pick of orange four, you would still be the champion. I got naked for that title. Yeah, no, I had to wash it. Something rotten, mate. Get your penis mm. stench off of it. It's a smelly penis. <laughs> but the, yeah, so what we're going to do is one last time this year. It's going to be the All Authority, Team All Authority versus Team Lukewarm. It's going to be me. It's going to be Pete. And I'm asking around for a third to take on Luke and whoever two Jambronis he can find for Survivor Series live reactions. Well, I've got I've got people. I've got a Rolodex of people. I've actually got people queuing out the Why? door Ooh. to be on Team Lukewarm Luke Owen. I'm not going to give away my tactics going to tell you because then you're going to try and steal them away with offers of free beer at beer52.com forward slash wrestle talk get a free case of craft beer on us don't show them the t-shirt oh you are terrible at showing people trying to get people to buy your That's merchandise such good jam. what a terrible thing to do to try and show off a t-shirt and get people to buy it join the authority today Okay, so we kicked off the buy-in show with Serena Deeb, NWA Women's Champion, versus Alison Kay, former NWA Women's Champion, recent free agent. Uh, they had a decent match, went about five, ten minutes, and uh, Deeb won with a, I think she made a tap. Yeah. She and did, yes. Yeah, like that's a Boston Crab style thing. Mm. Yeah. And Thunder Rosa turned up after the speculation of where she would be going next in her career. 
But she actually turned up, looked like she's going to start a feud with the NWA title again. It's a shame that she's not going back to a Shida program. Because I, I kind of felt that that's what we were building to after all out. And that's not like us being fans and fantasy booking things. That's literally what the TV show was telling us. Mm. And, um, and then they just sort of stopped doing that. I had, because I covered this in the news today, and I was thinking one really cool way to sort of reset AEW's women's division is make it the AEW NWA women's division and mm -hmm. tour that belt around. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. My and, and you know what? People do not like the AEW Women's Championship design either, so it might mm. be a way to kind of get rid of that belt for a little bit and just use the NWA one, which is actually quite nice. So for the main show, uh, you know, I was excited. I was prepared for this great card. I've got to be honest, I was mostly prepared, though, for the ultimate deletion to open the show because it was a cinematic match. And then Kenny Omega's entrance hit, and I just, I wasn't prepared. I started no. hyperventilating. My heart was going, oh my word, what a way to kick off a pay-per-view. I wasn't ready. I, the commentators just said, hey, we're opening up the show tonight with Hangman Page versus Kenny Omega. And I was like, no, you're not. I mean, that, that, that's, a crazy, that's a crazy idea. Why would you do that? But it was, oh, what a brilliant idea though. Because these two went out there and they had an incredible match that was full of amazing near falls, full of incredible high spots, full of great character and storytelling. But it's not the best match that these two can have because it wasn't supposed to be the best match that these two can have. This is the first part in a multi-part story. So actually, it was a genius move to put it on first. Oh, dude, loved it. Yeah, to, to, to have that balance of blowing everyone away while not doing Avengers Endgame is, is amazing. <laughs> you know, they gave, yeah. us, they gave us a really good... I, I, I don't know, Captain America Winter Soldier. Yeah. They gave no, us I mean, Iron that... Man. Yeah, yeah. It, there you yeah. go. It was Iron Man, which in itself, you know, still massively holds up as well. Watched it again recently. Brilliant film, that. Yeah, but we know what's going to come later down the line. Cannot wait for it. Just everything. Don Callis was on commentary. Oh. Uh, did you know he was the guy that put together Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho at Wrestle Kingdom? I mean, it doesn't get brought up a lot by Don Callis. So, um, I mean, I'd really, I'd like him to mention it uh, a couple mm. more times, just to just to really remind us all. But he was fantastic on commentary. They had a four-man booth. It's kind of when we all realized on the live reactions, huh, it's okay when you've got loads of commentators and they're all amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, just from the get-go, Kenny offered the handshake. Hangman Page was like, nah, -ah, mate. And they just had this amazing, action-packed, hard-hitting contest. Uh, one bit, Page did a pop-up powerbomb on the stage. So good. Brutal, actually. Like mm. Kenny's head bounced up something fierce off that pop-up powerbomb. Really, really fierce. But it was all based around these two guys know each other inside and out. Former you know, tag team champions. And they were just reversing everything the other person was hitting them with. So... But but it got at the end, it was Kenny who just got the better of it after this fantastic sequence of reversals and, and moves. And Kenny, you know, I've I feel like he's become even better at near falls recently. Like he was getting so close to three. I thought Hangman Page was winning. Maybe that's that's what it was. I was so invested in Page potentially winning. I was believing more. Kenny actually might not have changed anything. But yeah, uh, Kenny caught a buckshot. Yeah the trigger in the ropes and got the one-winged angel for the win. Hey, do you know what helped him get that win? Do you know why Kenny Omega picked up that win? 
it's those extra eight years worth of in-ring experience <laughs> that uh, helped Kenny Omega pick up this win over tag team wrestler Hangman Page. So that was part of Kenny Omega's ring introduction, which gets better and better every week. Again, another reference to North Carolina. Still don't know what's happening there. But yeah, perfect match. Perfect match that was brought about, remember, by the tournament. This wasn't a blood yeah. feud. This wasn't, I want to beat you. I need to beat you first before I get to the AEW title. It was something that happened that was out of their yeah. control almost. And I, I, man, I'm. We said this during the live stream as well, but I'm now worried for Hangman Page. Not in terms of booking, like you know, you are. You sometimes get where you're like, oh man, that's another loss. I mean, I'm concerned for him as a character because that's now he lost a, uh, all out last year when he had the championship in his grasp. He's now in a tournament to become a number one contender, and he's lost that as well. He then spent most of this year, or you know, the year and a bit as part of the in the tag team division. He has constantly fallen at those important hurdles and he's only got himself to blame at times what's that going to do to his psyche man like you saw what he was like in the lead up to this match i oh man i'm actually i'm genuinely concerned for him he looked so sad after this match and another thing i loved it wasn't like afterwards kenny omega shoved him or they started having a proper brawl that never really happened in the match either it was never like this blood feud level of interaction like i hate you it was just like oh, i'm done with you I don't like neither guy really wanted to wrestle each other. So as soon as Omega won, he just walks off. Yeah. Back in and he's back is always to Hangman Page, even when he's on the entrance ramp, when you would normally turn round, celebrate to the crowd. He kept his back at Hangman Page, just held one arm in the air, Undertaker style, and then walked out of the babyface tunnel. It's important to note. I don't know mm -hmm. what that means. I imagine Kenny still thinks he's a babyface. Oh, of course Hangman, he does. Yeah. And Paige was just totally dejected, helped out of the arena by the referee. Yeah. And we didn't talk about this after the Young Bucks uh, Hangman Page match, but Kenny Omega came out to celebrate with the Young Bucks. And they had this wide shot so you could see the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega celebrating. But in the distance, in the entrance ramp, was Hangman Page looking so sad and dejected because he is not part of the team anymore. He's not part of the elite. He's betrayed his friends for because the because ftr kind of fooled him into this it was so subtle that sean rossap missed it sean, sean rossap didn't know, like see it until like the following day when some people pointed it out to him but he didn't see it and that's also helped by the fact the commentators weren't hamming it up and there was no like focus on it it was just there if you were hmm. paying attention it's rewarding to you in the same way that i've actually just been the reason because i've been watching avengers infinity war today with the director's commentary on and they sort of keep bringing up the fact that, like, hey, man, if you've invested your time into this series, there's a lot in here that's like, you know, we did this to reward the people that have been paying attention. That was there to reward us for paying attention. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. And after that, you're like, well, you opened with one of the most anticipated best in ring matches of the year. What are you going to do to follow that? And the answer completely change it up. Have an orange sorbet. <laughs> <laughs> Orange Cassidy versus John Silver. It's a complete tonal change, a comedy match. But even in a, even the comedy wrestling in AEW is incredibly enjoyable. These two can go something fierce. John Silver in particular. One-armed military press on Orange Cassidy. Cassidy's going to be helping out a bit, putting his hands on Silver's shoulder, but that's insanely impressive. And those lightning speed kicks from Silver, really, really good. 
all while remaining funny. Brilliant indie-style wrestling. Loved it. This is what comedy wrestling really can be. Um, you know, if, if you've been brought and know, or I don't know, so, or our uh, truth, and you think that's comedy wrestling, you know, this this is proper comedy wrestling. It's actually funny for a change. <laughs> Yeah. And yet, uh, Cassidy rightly, rightfully won. Yeah, absolutely. Orange Cassidy is the man to win here. I kind of feel bad for Orange Cassidy in a little way, though, because he was the man that came out the victor in the Chris Jericho feud. But kind of like Kevin Owens after WrestleMania, I don't. It doesn't feel like he came out the winner of that feud because he's fallen into, you know, almost down on the card. He's now seemingly setting up some feud. You're getting involved in the Miro Kip Sabian stuff it doesn't feel like he it doesn't feel like the feud elevated orange cassidy above where he was previously i and i think that's the right thing to do i think the stuff with jericho was more jericho influenced he obviously wanted to work with the guy orange cassidy i, I you know i love comedy wrestling but he is not ever going to be a upper mid to main eventer uh, it's just not that sort of gimmick. If 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 it works and that happens, then I will happily eat my words. But I I genuinely believe that won't happen. So mm -hmm. this is where Orange Cassidy should be. He's he is an act that will get tired fast if overexposed. And this is at the right level, particularly after the bigger exposure against Jericho. Good use of him as well in this mm -hmm. uh, this silver match. You know, in a way, it's all counter what I was just saying then. And I really enjoyed the match. Silver's great, man. As tall as he is, wide. Um, it's this very short squat little man, but he's got great facial expressions. And he, uh, you're right. Oh yeah, because it's little Pete. Look at Pete there on the screen is. there. He's there, right there. <laughs> um, but again, it was John Silver that cost himself this match. Tried to pay an homage to Brody Lee, do the discus lariat. And it did not work out for him. And Orange Cassidy uh, hit the orange punch in the beach break for the win. Mm. Uh, after that, we got Cody versus Darby Allen, which was just... <laughs> I mean, this is also a contender for match of the night. This match featured a top rope uh, crossroads, which is as insane as it sounds. And was... But it was all... But it... oh, man. Do you know what I loved about that spot? It wasn't just to be this big high spot because they did a crossroads off the top rope, which is, you know, insane. But it was all done to be part of the story and the character as well, because Darby Allen instinct smartly, wrestling smart, got himself towards the side of the ring as close as he could to getting outside of the ring. And Cody got the cover, but was not paying attention and did not see that Darby's arm was underneath the ropes. Darby didn't kick out. Darby didn't get a hand on the ropes. The referee, Mike Kyoda, referee Mike Kyoda, did the right thing and was like, oh, no, his arms underneath the rope. That's not a legal pin. And Arn Anderson's on the outside, being, you know, telling him to focus. You've got to pay attention. And that's been Arn's thing all along with Cody is that he's not been, he hasn't been paying attention as of late. Oh, what a great, great spot. Yeah, and he came out announces Cody Rhodes, something he said he wasn't going to do. But as soon as Justin Roberts announced him as that, oh. It was like a huge release of, I don't know, just joy. I felt. Yeah, I was a so happy release. for him. Yeah, yeah. but the, yeah, the story of this match was Cody kind of underestimating Darby Allen, but not like underestimating him in a patronizing way, uh, or, or like a really significant way, just just slightly underestimating him, and that was enough yeah. to lose him the match ultimately. Like you said, he could have had it won there, but Darby then came back 
with Arn shouting like, focus, focus, focus at Cody. Darby comes back, hits a few moves, and then they have a roll around exchange of near falls. And you're like, oh, okay, I've seen this. This never ends in the finish. They're going to do something after this. But no, Darby holds down Cody and he wins. And Dar that was like the last bit of effort Darby had in him. He falls over immediately, can't get up. Cody immediately springs up like, oh my God, what just happened? Which is such like a fascinating visual of mm -hmm. and, and a, a beautiful way to encapsulate that entire story that Cody underestimated Darby, but Darby put everything he had into the match. Yeah. Wonderful stuff. I, I I can't say enough good things about this. But and you're absolutely right. Like this could on any other night, this would have been like you know a match of the night. And it was certainly a match of the night contender. But it it happens to be on the same show as the Bucks versus FTR and Moxley versus Kingston and Omega versus Page. But yeah, dude, what what an incredible match. Absolutely loved it. And it's just a lot of people have always doubted Cody. Uh, Cody, I called him Cody for a second. Then a lot of people have always always doubted Cody that he isn't he's not the big match guy but i think since aew he has proven it time and time and time again that he is a big match wrestler and it's it's all him man these are the styles of matches that he wants to have and he's very very good at doing them i think it's very much enhanced by the war and peace stories that he has <laughs> those matches as well ah, well you can it's got to be one or the other really it's, you, it's either it it's either a cup of coffee and catering or it's war and peace. There is no in-between in wrestling. You've watched wrestling long enough to know that. Um, after that, you know, there, there was this sort of like, oh, my God, Cody was being a bit heelish in the match. Uh, he he lost out of his own flaws. Typically, that's a, a burgeoning heel who will blame other people for his own mistake. And, you know, he was looking at the title, the TNT title. Darby's standing there and, like, oh, my God, he's going to hit him. But he doesn't. He drops to one knee and offers it to Darby, really putting them over strong. I thought that was that like this was a match anyway. He really enjoyed it. But I'd say Cody's other matches has that layer of emotion in it, which really, really puts it over the top for me. And this was that moment when he mm -hmm. when he got down on one knee and gave Darby the belt. It was just like this what what a guy what a way to build a new star so patient as well 18 months after the first time limit draw the first real homegrown star i would argue yeah you know, and, and, i was gonna say and that's all through cody like this has mm. been he's been cody's project since fighter fest last year yeah uh then we did get an angle but i don't i didn't think it undermined anything uh which was team taz coming out brian cage and ricky starks attack both men keeping them alive in the tnt title picture really nice moment when they both hold up the tnt title and they're like no that's mine no that's yeah. mine oh it's uh, so good but then they they beat up cody and darby some more and they tease what we were like really genuinely concerned about which was darby's arm in a car door and they were gonna slam it and break it you know darby's arms i wouldn't worry about like brian cage's arm in a car door i think the car door comes off worse there but it really Darby's is getting mangled, but Will yeah. Hobbs chased them off. Like what? What a TNT title picture that is. Yeah, and do you know what's like the, the the brilliance of using Darby in that angle is because Darby's like short film series that he does on Dynamite every single week for his you know short film submission. <laughs> he did a spot with with uh, 
Steve-O from Jackass recently. So when Darby Allen's arm is in this door, I'm not sitting there going like, well, they're never going to do this spot. Yeah. It's more like I could totally see Darby doing this spot, to be honest. <laughs> totally. Um, after that, we got a few promos. We're getting a bunkhouse match uh, against the Nightmare Family and Butcher and the Blade on Dynamite. We're getting Pentagon versus Ray Phoenix number two <laughs> on Dynamite. Oh, my God. And Ty- Tyanara Conti versus Red Velvet. Yeah. Hey, it's matches announced. Uh, speaking of the women's division, we got Sheeta versus Nyla Rose next, which, it, as as is always the way, the in-ring wrestling is great. Sheeta and Nyla Rose made up for that complete lack of build by just going at a million miles from the offset and having a really good... I really, really like this match. And yeah. it all built to Nyla Rose... I can't, was it a power bomb on Sheeta? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, yeah, yeah. She hits her finish on Sheeta. She goes to pin, but then she pulls up Sheeta before the three count because she wants to beat Sheeta with her own move. You're like, oh, that's so dastardly. And she hits it. And then Sheeta kicks out at, did she kick out at one? I'm not sure if he, uh, she kicked out at one. Oh, no, she did kick out at one. She kicked out at yeah. one from the running knee. That's right. Yeah. The double middle fingers that Sheeta kicked out at one. And then Sheeta does a second rope falcon arrow and goes and goes for the pin. But she pulls up Nyla this time. You're like, oh my God, this is brilliant. And then she goes to hit the running knee on Nyla. And I'm like, oh my God, this is the perfect finish for a match. And then Vicky Guerrero trips her. Yeah, like it was literally like it was at its boiling point. And they, for whatever reason, took the match off the boil to do this Vicky Guerrero stuff, which totally, like, I've got nothing against Vicky Guerrero. I've actually got nothing against, you know, manager interference. This wasn't the time to do it. You were literally, you were at the finish because you do the the Vicky Guerrero stuff, which wasn't brilliantly timed. Like, Vicky didn't even time the, the trip correctly. And then Nyla gets outside. Nyla gets thrown into Vicky Guerrero. And then you roll in. And what do you do? You literally just repeat the spot you mm. were just doing, which is the running knee and then the various, and the kick out from the, the running knee and the various knees from uh, Sheeta to pick up the win. If you'd have just cut out that Vicky Guerrero thing, and ended it with Nyla kicking out of the uh, the knee and then Cheetah hitting the multiple knees to get the win. It would have been a fantastic finish. But it's just ever so marred by unnecessary outside interference, which probably should have come earlier in the match if they were going to do it. I'm just going to be the person who's listening to this. But Ollie and Luke, you always say you want stories in the women's division. You want tension. You want conflict. This is a story, right? I'm like, yeah, damn it, you got us, you got us there. You're right, <laughs> but it's not a good story. Yeah. No, and, and you're right, and it's not a good story, and, I, and that's 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 the case of it. And I, I think it it like what it bugs me about the match is that it, because it it came at just the wrong moments, like it takes the match off the boil, and then you have to try and put it back onto the boil, and it's it it wasn't the right time. Mm-hmm. And then after the match, Nyla and Vicky apparently have, have split up this partnership, which is. You know, it's. I mean, it's been such a, a featured act on on Dynamite. It was a, a, a real a, a real blow off to it. I didn't. I didn't get that. Uh, so Vicky slapped Nyla Rose afterwards, screamed at her, and then walked off. And Nyla Rose just, rather than hit Vicky, looked a bit sad and then followed her. I took that as they're still a unit, but Vicky is annoyed with Nyla. Maybe Nyla's going to have a babyface turn months down the line. You know, maybe. Right I mean, maybe. I'm going to give credit to AEW, though. Uh, Tony Khan, TK, uh, as as his friends call him, said on the media conference call, 
that they have made mistakes with the women's division. And actually, you know, I, I give him a, a lot of credit for owning up to this as well and owning up to the mistakes that they've made in this. And he just, you know, point, he, he put it very plainly. I watch Dark. You know, I, I always focus on what is going on on Dark. It's a product that I really enjoy putting together to help facilitate sorry, the storyline. But I need to realize that only half my audience is watching Dark. So they're not seeing these storylines. Mm. They're, they're seeing half of the story being told on Dynamite. So to, to, in TK's mind, this story has been told really well. It's been told over months. But only because he's also watching Dark and putting the show together. So I think it was very, very nice, you know, very bold and brave to come out and be like, I made, made a mistake. But it's not a mistake that I'm gonna, I want to repeat again. Refreshing. Hopefully, mm -hmm. hopefully it sticks. Uh, after that, we got the tag match, which was absolutely incredible. Uh, following that, we got Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara in Ultimate Deletion, which was, yeah, it was fun. It was completely different from the serious match that came before it. I, I totally don't mind if you hated it. I, it's divisive by its very nature. It's a cinematic match, Broken Hardy Universe style match. It's not for everyone. And that to think otherwise, to get annoyed with people not liking this match is is to be really narrow-minded yourself, weirdly. Uh, but if people don't like this, they've got very fine reason to. Had some fun cameos. Gangrel was there. Hurricane Helms made a cameo. And it, it turned into a bit of a serious match near the end. Hardy and Sammy are in this separate dome area. The Dome of Deletion, was it called? The, gar the garage. They were in the garage. <laughs> the garage. <laughs> and everyone else was outside, so they couldn't interfere anymore. And it, it actually turned into a bit of a, like, a sort of violent bloodbath with them replicating the spot through the tables. But it was Sammy who busted his head open. Sammy even did the stumble, where, like, selling he was knocked out, like Matt Hardy was at All Out. You know, it's... I don't really... It's weird. Like there's there's a part of me that's kind of oh that's a bit tasteless. I was really made uncomfortable by that all out happening. But then there's another part of me that's like, eh, it's wrestling. Everything's kind of fair game. And I I think those kind of nullified each other, and I didn't didn't mind. I mean, to be honest, I think you've got to have this spot in there because how else are you going to build to the next match that they have <laughs> at um <laughs> at Revolution next February? Yes. Well, hopefully this is the end of their feud now. Sammy can go on something else. But he, we he set got that beaten, all out. Yeah. He got beaten uh, by a concerto to the back of Sammy's head. So really, that should ride off Sammy for a while, you'd hope. Yeah. So he can then come back and attack Matt Hardy and we can uh, get the feud going again. Well, that means there is one person missing in the inner circle who just so happens to be the most vocal dissenter of MJF joining. So mm -hmm. let's have a month, two months of MJF in the inner circle. And then Sammy comes back to find that Jericho has a new favorite. Also, if you're a fan of Salty JR, I would <laughs> go out of your way to watch the Elite Deletion match because Salty JR, JR was pouring salt all over this match. My particular favorite was when Gangrel shows up. Shivani and Excalibur are like, oh my God, Gangrel's here. And JR goes like, yeah, or David Heath. Mm. David Heath, this is also known. Come on, mate. Yeah, the only problem really was that it, it went on too long. <clears throat> too long, as we've said. Uh, Lance Archer and Jake the Snake Roberts got a really good promo, sort of a pre-film thing in an alleyway. Then we got that Chris Jericho versus MJF match. It um, Essentially, it's heel versus heel. 
and I know Nate S, who was in the in the crowd live. He said that everyone was really electric for this too. They were hot all night. But it came across on TV like there was a definite lull in energy, not just from the crowd, but from the commentators. We felt it too. These are long mm-hmm. shows, unfortunately. I wish AEW did three-hour main cards. This was three hours 45. And we were in the three-hour mark by this point. Heel versus heel was kind of a slow, methodically worked match. Could have worked elsewhere, but maybe not the best thing for here. But it did have a fun finish. Yeah, very. I, I loved the finish of this match, but the yeah, the match itself was and wasn't great. But you know, I, I thought the finish uh, sort of more than made it. Maybe it shouldn't have been the semi-main. Maybe that's I don't know. But I suppose maybe it was the best place for it. Maybe it's oh, sorry, my lights just uh, died unfortunately. Mm-hmm. There. Um, maybe it's because it came after the elite deletion match. Like maybe if the elite deletion match had gone second on the card after the Hangman Page Omega match, and you had the Cassidy Silver match before like before this or just like maybe that would have helped the crowd a little bit yeah i felt like the crowd weren't as into this as they were other matches in the card in particular the main events but the finish was the old eddie guerrero spot where uh jericho's about to use the baseball bat referee's distracted mjf takes a bump lies down referee Aubrey edwards turns around hey did you just use the bat no i didn't mjf rolls him up to win so yeah. That was the that was the I'll do anything to win thing, which was quite nice. You know, it's it's that cheat bit, which is what Jericho's all about, has been all his life. So they hugged afterwards. Wardlow and MJF are now in the inner circle. I'm really excited for where this will go. I'm so excited. This is going to this has got brilliant segments written all over it. Yeah, Uh, hopefully musical. Uh, And then we got an an announcement that Revolution will be on February 27th, so a long time away. Uh, Then Best Friends had a scuffle with Kip Sabian and Miro backstage. So uh, Nate S has just um, said in the Super Chat saying that the crowd definitely lulled, but thought they picked up by the end. Yeah. Um, Thanks for that, Nate. And the main event was John Moxley versus Eddie Kingston in a hell of a clash. I, I mean, AEW streams are always divisive when we got the live chat on because uh, of claims of bias and this uh, other sort of nonsense like that. If you think that we've got AEW bias because we like some of their matches, I would probably recommend tuning out now because this match was incredible. This match was so, so, so great. John Moxley was incredible in this main event. Eddie Kingston was incredible in this main event. The crowd were incredible watching this main event. The commentary was great. Everything about this was absolutely amazing. Loved it. Yeah. It, the story was everything they've done in the magnificent promo work they built, that they oh. used to build to it, which was Moxley does not want to do this to Eddie Kingston but he's going to have to. They're former Mm -hmm. friends. And I've never, I don't think I've ever seen an I quit match structured like this, which usually you do a move on someone and then you're like, referee, get the microphone to them, ask them to quit or get them in a submission. Ah, ah, you're going to quit yet. Ah. But what they did here was Moxley would go to Kingston. I'm going to, what was it that he said first? Uh, it was the uh, the the break your fingers oh yeah i'm gonna break your fingers it was that early in the match (laughs) yeah and kingston was like i'm not gonna quit so he broke the fingers and then they kept going back to that throughout the match they were threats like please stop Mm -hmm. 
oh, it was so great. I thought both men just played their parts so, so beautifully. It was just, yeah, I've, I've got nothing but great things to say about mm. this match. And yeah, it, you know, Mox Tradition, it was the big hardcore match. He bloody loves to have them. And this match featured a spot, you know, it featured the, the, a thumbtack spot. And then Eddie Kingston got rubbing alcohol out. Wrestling's a work, you know, like it's mm. and it's it's fine when they do um paper cut spots in in, in a hardcore match. So they go like, oh my god, it's actually a paper cut. This, oh, well, you know, all the, the the stapler and things like that because it's it's a work and, and other stuff. But it's still got a genuine reaction out of me because I believe what they're doing and they they sell it like it's real, and I love that about it. And it, I mm. I totally bought it, totally bought into it. Yeah, you, you you mentioned on the actual stream, you're like shout out to kingston for sniffing the alcohol you know yeah. and the, the thing is i don't maybe it was alcohol <laughs> i don't know i mean it, it is eddie kingston and john moxley there's every chance that this was legit rubbing alcohol yeah it makes no difference to anyone outside that ring if it was water but they, <laughs> they worked me and i love it uh but ultimately it was mox you know, he was like, I'm going to have to do it. He wrapped this bit of barbed wire around his own hand that had been factoring in throughout the entire match and put on the bulldog choke on Kingston. And Kingston was like crying in this hold. Just like, yeah, but not not from pet. I, I don't feel like it was from pain. I feel like it was a man's just like own fortitude and recognition that he can't do it. That he was exactly. crying at. You know, I don't it, think it, Eddie it, Kingston cares about being cut. This was no, just his he, own recognition that he was failing, and he said, "I quit." That's it. I think it was recognition that he'd realized he'd lost, and all of those promises that he had made, he could not keep. Those promises that he'd made to his mum, he was not going to be able to keep, and that's why he was crying. And Moxley was crying while applying the hold because Moxley knows that he has had to make this man break his promises, promises that he shouldn't have made. Ah, oh, it was just the emotion was so real. I mean, it, I mean, I've stolen it from Simon Miller a few times, but Pete, like someone needs to tell Eddie Kingston the wrestling isn't real, but he makes he is so real that it's it drives an incredible amount of emotion, and I absolutely love it. I, you know, Alex Quinn of the Ring um, put out a great tweet. He was like, Eddie Kingston for the first time has made me care about the AEW Championship and and who wins or loses it. And you know, I've I've seen a few people say that they're not fans of Moxley matches. Adam Blompier is one of them, but for me, this was just absolutely spellbinding stuff. I thought it was incredible. Yeah. And afterwards, Kenny Omega came down for a bit of a stare down. Mm. So that's obviously our next match. He's the number one contender. Overall, five out of five. How can you even question it? I loved it, loved it, loved it. Um, if you didn't, if you're like, ah, it was a three out of five show, you really need to reassess how you <laughs> rank wrestling and maybe <laughs> ask yourself if there's any of your own bias going on. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Demetrius Reese, no real question. Loved Full Gear, love you guys. Have a beautiful day. Don't stop jamming that jam. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Chris Blass, hey guys, this is my first AEW pay-per-view that I paid for and it was worth it. I enjoyed the match order and how they were set up. Imagine DIY versus FTR on AEW. I mean, I'd imagine it'd be very similar to their NXT match. 
yeah, there's yeah, there won't be any stylistic difference. They're, it's also very good NXT. Yeah. Uh, Charlie Davis, Kenny cut a promo after the match and kept talking about we. We almost had a hard time winning. Excalibur also asked Don if Kenny usually talks to himself as much as he has been lately. That's an interesting little wrinkle. I like that. Uh, James Hanley. It's strange. I'm in Penals- Pen- Pennsylvania. Can't speak. Try to- Pennsylvania, and you two are in the UK. It's not like we know each other, but when Paige Omega started the show, I thought Luke and Ollie just lost their damn minds. <laughs> and we did. We know you all. We're all good friends. James Hanley again. When Paige does promos from now on, they should play All <laughs> oh, Myself. Oh, one is the loneliest number. In the background, hashtag jam that jam. Both Harry Nilsson songs, I believe. Oh, look at you dropping some knowledge. The fifth Beatle. Uh, J.R. <laughs> Burke. Or, no, no, he wasn't the fifth Beatle. He was the American Beatle. J.R. Burke, 306. My, my, um, my music teacher at school claimed that he was the fifth Beatle. Um, but he, was, he, he left the band because he wanted to be a teacher instead. Uh, they had to JR Burke 306. They had to bring Dom to do commentary because no way JR could say all those Kenny Omega move names. Very good. What? All of those move names. All four of his moves. <laughs> Featuring a one winged angel, Terminator Dive, Snapdragon. Snapdragon. <laughs> Gabriel Caruso. Can we take a second to talk about how nice Matt Hardy's house is? Giant fountain, wraparound driveway, giant parking garage, and all of that land actually we said that on the stream like they had a shot of the house and i just said sorry i was like it is a lovely house though isn't it it's just the, really nice the dude's got a lake yeah i know <laughs> paul kerr for me the bucks match at revolution is only better than their match at full gear because they had a big crowd they are outstanding storytellers no they only do flips paul Remember, that's all they can ever do. Make t-shirts. Mike D, FTR's motto is no flips, just fists. They ended up going against their own motto and it cost them everything. Brilliant. Love it. Perfect. Wes Snow, how many tributes were in the tag team match? It started with a Steiner Brothers top rope bulldog. What else did I miss? Oh my God. A the heart attack. Swan yeah. Tom Bomb, heart attack. Uh, the DIY references. Yeah, it's just so much. Absolutely loved it. Dynamic Penguin, FTR doing the DIY kicks made me giddy with excitement. This match reminded me why I love wrestling so much. And it's funny as well, because those DIY matches is what, you know, often reminded me how much I love professional wrestling. That those FTR DIY matches in NXT were just like wrestling mm. perfection, man. What is wrestling asks? FTR versus Young Bucks was a great match, but I don't think it's an all-time classic. Nick gave Dash a weak super kick with his injured leg, and that's what won the match. I'm sorry, but that ain't it. I don't know. What do you think, man? I can see the reasoning behind that. I think I was overcome with the story justification. It was poetic justice rather than, I guess, mm-hmm. actual believable justice. But I'm I'm so weighted towards poetic like poetic it's it's also working through the pain that you've got in order to get the win doing whatever it takes to get that pin even if it's going to hurt you in the long run bo hill revolution tag match was better but like this one more yes i know that makes sense yeah i do know what you mean i love letter to fans of tag team wrestling so many great callbacks yeah bo hill i totally get what you're saying absolutely that totally makes sense to me Wilson Simons, does Denise still not get FTR after that match? LOL, never seen the Young Bucks before, AEW, now by far my favourite tag team. 
I'll be having a word with Denise uh, on Friday's <laughs> magazine show to see if she still get if she doesn't get FTR still. Bacon Rasher. I said a while back on a uh, super, super chat jam. about Young Bucks versus FTR feud not grabbing me, but that match did. Also, fair play for getting John Silver to advertise <laughs> Beer Fifty Two. I have mine <laughs> drinking a can of Berlin Jam with the stream. Thank you very much, Bacon Thank Rasher. Thank you so much. Taking advantage <laughs> of the free beer. Uh, very, very Steven, kind of you. Stephen Redeker, FTR fought the Young Bucks and the world rejoiced as foretold. I know. And as we said, it's a, the first in a series, dude, because I cannot wait to see a rematch between the two teams. I don't... I feel like we've got four pages of just FTR Young Bucks chat. Yeah, we, ne- we have. We never get that much on a specific subject. Uh, Andrew, the last airbender, definitely a nitpick, but I miss long reigns. Insanely happy for Derby, but do you guys have any issues with the TNT and tag titles changing so quickly? Um, no, I, uh, I, I, I don't on this occasion, particularly with the the TNT title. Like I, I kind of subscribe to the way the Meltzer talks about their belt as well, which is that it is a mid card belt that can be swapped around, and it doesn't need like massively long reigns it can be there to kind of like create new stars and sort of level them up a little bit and with the the tag team ones i i i think this is actually the time for the bucks to win like it's not i don't think ftr lost anything in in a a short reign with this yeah uh gabriel d it seems it seemed like there was something going on between cash and dax no one seems to be talking about hard tags to a bad hand shove no one mentioned I don't think there's any ill ill between them. I don't think there's anything, no signs of them spitting up. If that happened, I think that's more just them acting aggressively overall, mm-hmm. not at each other. Andrew, the last airbender. Uh, oh no, we've that's what we just did. Um, Matt Mark Clark. Clark. Hey, Mark Clark. Hey, to aid the women's division, they should introduce a system where a challenger for a title has to win seven matches, gets more women on Dynamite Weekly, and be a storyline plot. Your thoughts? But they already have something. It's the ranking system. There we go. Why seven? Uh, Kigo99. Hi, guys. Love the show. Thoughts on if you think when Moxley loses the title, if he will be a good fit to team with Eddie Kingston. Jazz. Oh, Jazz. My. Oh. <laughs> oh. I, 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 you know what? I've always thought there'd be a Moxley Darby Allen tag team as my Franken team to go into the tag picture. But yeah. A Boxley Kingston team is where it is at. <sighs> too much promo. The promo is <laughs> too strong. <laughs> Mr. Hanktastic, thank you very much for your generous super chat. Don't know how many people noticed Bryce tearfully telling Kingston it's over before the finish, but if you were oh. a Chikara fan or aware of their history, it made the match so much more bittersweet. Bryce is so underrated. Jam that jam. That is going back to what we were talking about then with Infinity War. It's like putting those things in for those people who have been paying attention, who have been following this. It's there for you. But if you're not there, then it doesn't like and you don't pick up on it. The match still has that same level of drama. But those details are there for the people that pay attention. And that is wonderful. Man, that's beautiful. Uh, Good Harmer. Not sure if I was too much into Kingston, but when he left, he peeked the face side and turned to the heel exit. Oh, (gasps) (laughs) thanks for the amazing content uh nick corvello also thanks for your very generous super chat a couple amazing things about the pay-per-view first 
first john silver's entrance jacket was so damn cool and made him look like a legit star secondly bryce remsberg in the main event performed so damn well to begging kingston to quit yeah incredible stuff oh mate s wardlow in the inner circle i bet jericho says the stip was only for mjf and they beat down wardlow as sort of an mjf initiation i don't think so because wardlow's under contract with mjf so I don't know if that kind of works. And also Jericho did say that both MJF and Wardlow are in the inner circle now. Yeah, and good luck beating up Wardlow, even if it's five <laughs> on one. Col- mm. Colostopia, when MJF turns on Jericho, we can have a Jericho, Wardlow and Sammy babyfaces versus inner circle. Money is always spent well on another AEW pay-per-view. Yeah, totally agreed. Uh, Justin there's a lot spinning out from now. Sorry, there's a lot spinning out. Justin Edelheat ordered my Mr. Davis shirt the other day. I I loved I loved during the MJF versus Jericho match that MJF came out with the light bright jacket. Yeah, he had yeah. Jericho's jacket on uh, that was sparkling when the lights were cut off. You too can get your that's such that's such good jam t-shirt. I've colored in all the money yellow because they would get keyed out on the grease the green screen. <laughs> My my green eyes are also coloured in blue. <laughs> uh, wrestling related, Nate S says, maybe too much WWE booking thinking was expecting the Bucks to relinquish the titles due to Matt's injury and another tag tournament uh, can, like, happens. What do you think? I think Matt will work through fine, uh, yeah. I hope. Uh, Benjamin John Milner says, first time I can watch this show live because of ITV. If you could have a tag team of one modern and one old wrestler in their prime, who would you have together? Mm. Hogan Austin. Kurt Angle, Daniel Bryan. Oh, that's a very good show. Kurt Angle, Chad Gable. (gasps) That's the one. Boom, right there. That's the answer. Uh, Charles Berg, here's a thought that will get some heat. Most women's wrestling isn't good. Few women I've seen move at the speed or have the skill of the men. Sorry. Yeah, I think that is a... I would send that into Wrestling Daily. Uh, Get yourself a video of that. Send that to Louis Dengor and uh, Alex McCarthy. I personally could not agree. I could not disagree more, really. So I I think that the thing there might be few women that you've seen. So you've got to think, is that how the promotion's booking them? Is that the styles of wrestling they're allowed to work? Is that the amount of attention and focus given given to the stories? Or is it that women are just inherently bad at wrestling? I, yeah, I think it's quite obvious it's the, it's the former. Exactly. I think if you watch um, Meiko Satomura versus Io Shirai from uh, Stardom, you would not have those, uh, that, that thought. Go watch All Japan Women in the early 90s. Yeah, killing it. Uh, Charles Berg adds that women like Asuka and Charlotte are as good as the men. I think there's actually way more than that. Like that list is very, very long. Um, Zach Robinson, afternoon, gents. If you could take any famous major storyline from EA, AEW, ROH, TNA, NW history and bring it to AEW, uh, AEW's in the options, um, what would you pick <laughs> and why? Uh, the Claire Lynch storyline from TNA, obviously, <laughs> it's the, uh, it's, that's the right answer. Hangman Page, Kenny Omega. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would... Punk, Do you punk know summer of punk from Ring yeah of Honor. I, I i was gonna say punk raven from um from mm. ring of honor like those promos that they were cutting on each other were absolutely phenomenal stuff uh injection 2k also please go watch john silver's tough enough tape on youtube <sighs> on that. i am on that mate <laughs> um uh, oh do you want to see it home 
I'll, I'll, I'll take us home, mate. Uh, Alistair Gammond, Luke and Ollie, hot potatoing the championship. We're Sasha Banks, Charlotte Flair at this point, but uh, yeah, not at Survivor not Series. At Survivor <laughs> At Survivor Series, I will retain. Dart Train 24. Mr. Davis constantly pushing free beer when I can't have it delivered to the USA. Heel move. I'm part of the yes, please movement. Hashtag yes, please. <laughs> Sats Vault, as a joke, El Gestador's next challenge should be uh, turn this wrestling related episode piece into a clickbait headline. Hashtag Jam Viva Series. It, it will be close fought. <laughs> Kevin, Ollie said All In was a love letter to professional wrestling about a thousand times in their WrestleTalk Extra review, cheap plug. If I hear the words love, letter, and wrestling in the same phrase again, I'll eat my pillow. Well, I, I thought I thought a lot of uh, FTR versus Young Bucks was a love letter to pro wrestling. <laughs> Owen Mullane, how did Ollie's partner react to his HBK picture? Okay, I played it to her the next day and she she went like this. Oh my god, you did that? You did that. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> so if you and haven't seen everyone, yeah. uh, me and Luke were tasked with restaging a famous wrestling photo on the live reactions, and I had Shawn Michaels's playgirl shoot and i did it with the championship he did it was very very good it was very strong impressive round. strong round strong round really, and, really and i was going i had to dress up as uh i had to do this pose of the rock i uh, actually woke up my wife um getting all the stuff together for it um and well, that's the wrong one honest that's the one i'm after um yeah i woke up my wife because i was trying to find a bum bag under the bed and in the end i just had to grab a handbag and pretend it was a bum bag and people chastised me in the chat for it but i even <laughs> create the gold chain i cre recreate the gold chain with a uh a, ch a charging cable it's not good enough J Burke 306, you you should have won that round. J Burke 306, if anything, you should have won by 100% of the votes. J Burke 306, Mr. Davis, smelly, you know what, confirmed. Who hasn't got one? That's why <laughs> I use Manscaped Sanitary Wipes. Rinny, uh, uh, I just want to say how great you. <laughs> just want to say how great your patreon is i love the old pay-per-view reviews so much content i'm up to bad blood it's fantastic recommended free plug thank you rinny oh thank that's you very, very nice much. to hear we love patreon and the poll is now closed actually for the next episode of wrestle talk extra we are doing survivor series 2001 it's the oh. end of the invasion it's Team WWF versus some members of the WWF and Shane McMahon. Oh my God. So that'd be wow. a really fun one to dive into. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. Um, Misha Sumra. Hey, Misha. Uh, he's an under consultation Patreon backer as well. Um, top picks for Lukewarm, uh, his team at, at Survivor Series Adam Blompier, Denise Salcedo, or Sean Rossap. You love to see it. Jam that jam. Hmm. Interesting ideas you have there, Misha. Uh, Injection 2K. One, I cannot wait until BTE today. Two, I wonder what to watch over on Wrestle 2 today. Huh. Oh, wait. Wrestling Daily is not on today. It is. Because it's, oh, they're doing one for the AEW. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Wrestling Louis Daily with Alex McCarthy and Louis Dangor. He even let, sent us a message to be like, can you plug the show in your. Uh... Uh, in oh, the reviews, did he, did he send it on Discord? I haven't had it. He did, yeah. 
It was earlier today. Uh, Owen Malone, if you get an interview with John Silver, can you make Pete do the interview instead of Nuggets? <laughs> we might just interview Pete and claim it. <laughs> Uh, Nell MD, yes, please. Absolutely, yes, please. No, Get no. Getting rowdy. OGP, yeah, you know me. Uh, love how FTR lost from one mistake when they said the Bucks could never be the best because they lost when they all tagged against LB and uh, Luch Brothers and Butcher and Blades. So many great little details there. Um, Myron Speed wasn't into FTR the Bucks match going in. By God, Bucks pulling out a second awesome match of the year should have been the main event. Damn the build. Yeah, yeah, but you know, there's so many matches that could have main evented that show. Absolutely. And lastly, thank you very much to Mark Clark for your uh, donation. Very generous donation. Thank you so much. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.